0: Hello and welcome back to the Two Average Brown Bros podcast. I'm your host, Brashank.
1: And I'm your host, Andres.
0: Today is April 26, 2021. Andreas, long time no speak. How's it going?
1: I know it's just been a week, but honestly, it feels longer than that. Uh, I've been doing well, you know, uh, despite everything going on, I think everything is going good over here on my end how are you doing brishank
0: it was good i and and i ended up taking this past week off just to you know collect my thoughts and relax um, work was getting a little busy but i um, took the week off so re-energized ready to get back into the swing of things i wasn't a complete you know non-eventful week i did end up working on a couple other things that i had to work on but That was my week. How about yours? What did you do this past week? Uh,
1: This past week was a pretty bit chill, also work-wise. Other than that, you know, living my routine life, work from home, uh, going to the gym, walking Sherlock, and then just uh, relaxing throughout the night. Uh, The other day, I watched a Mexican movie that I haven't watched in a very long time, which is hilarious. I love the movie. Uh, The name of it is Nosotros Los Nobles. Uh, I think there's versions of it uh, dubbed or uh, or subtitled. But honestly, uh, it's not the same unless you like watch it in the original language, at least in my opinion.
0: I feel like that's with a lot of like, TV shows and movies that the original is always better than the dubbed ones, right?
1: Absolutely, yep.
0: Um Even that show, what was that show that got super, uh, La Casa del Papel, right? That's the one on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Well, I think the English version is called Money Heist, but it's a Spanish heist crime drama. And like I watched it; I think I watched the first episode first, or the first season and some of the season two, but didn't finish it all. But it was a really good show, and I think, oh, I think even like you know, a lot of people said the Spanish one is better than the dubbed one, just because it makes a little bit more sense.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it. Actually, people like really into that show. Uh but I uh, like I completely understand there's this one other show on Netflix, Elite, which is about this like uh boarding, not really boarding, but like prep school uh in Spain, which I watch a couple of episodes in English after I watched the entire an entire like seasons in Spanish and it didn't have the same ring to it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it doesn't.
0: <laughs> oh well, too bad we can't learn every language in the world, right?
1: I know, but honestly, one languages are so much fun. And once you learn one or two languages, I would say it actually becomes easier. You get a little bit more, uh, more of a grasp of how to learn languages. And then it's just interesting. And uh, I would say though, in my, from my perspective, I do have a little bit more of an advantage knowing like speaking Spanish as my first language because then I can a little bit understand the other like Latin romantic languages So, like, Portuguese, Italian, French, and all of that, there's some words or some phrases that I can catch. And just because uh, there's, like, there are almost literally translations from Spanish.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the language tree, like, diagram, but it's really cool how languages, like, split off from different older languages, right? So, uh, we can post this on our Instagram, but the tree literally starts with the Indo-European language way back in the day. And then it splits into like different branches. So the Indo-Iranian or the European one. And then from there, even like smaller branches, smaller branches. And then you'll see all these other like the present day languages, like English, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish on one side. And then the other ones are like the more of the Indic ones. So like Punjabi, Persian, Bengali, Hindi, you know. it is
1: just so interesting how like actually languages derive like on like the entire theory behind them and linguistics and then you actually start throwing comparisons between one language and the other and it is incredible
0: i love it it's so there's so much to learn right so not enough time so gotta take in as much as you can
1: exactly if not you know i have heard a couple of friends download apps to learn languages i'm more of the classic kind of like education training system for languages so i'll rather go to classes and then expose myself to the language but honestly to anyone out there if you wanna uh if you wanna learn a language i would say go for it there's always time to learn new languages and if you're interested in learning spanish no bias or anything but you can always reach out to me and i'll help you out with it because i honestly love speaking spanish there are times that i actually start losing my spanish And it's embarrassing, especially when I'm talking to my parents. Sometimes I don't remember the words in Spanish. So the more I can keep it up, the better for myself.
0: I mean, at least you're offering people to, you know, teach them Spanish. For me, Nepali, like I can talk it, but reading and writing is such a struggle just because I haven't done, you know, reading or writing since I was like five, six years old. So, I mean, talking I can definitely Mm -hmm. do, but there's still, like you said, there's still lots of words that I forget all the time.
1: And it happens, right? Um, if you don't really practice something, it's just like riding a bike. <laughs> if you don't practice it, like you can get back into it and slowly back into like knowing how to do it, but it might take a little bit more
0: time. Exactly. So what did you learn this week on this?
1: Well, something interesting, Roshan, that happened and hasn't happened in two years. Uh, there is a federal budget out, uh, which... Uh, I'm not that huge. Like, I'm not into economics a lot. I really don't understand a lot of economics. Uh, That's, like, one of my downsides. But then with uh, people making and the news making a huge deal that we finally have a federal budget, I started looking a little bit more into it, uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, There's some pretty good propositions in there, you know. So some of, like, just a couple of the highlights in there is that they're trying to uh, make... Childcare system more accessible and cheaper for most Canadians, so that they are able to access childcare. Uh, They're trying to establish a federal minimum wage of fifteen dollars per hour, which, uh, as you know, right now it like looks very different from province to province. And a lot of also the the budget that they release is on how can. Uh, the economy recover and how to incentivize the economy after dealing with the pandemic, which probably I'll dive a little bit more into what it is and asking my friends to, uh, that do understand economics. Uh, what is the bigger, uh, what is like the overall impact of the budget that the government has proposed, um, as well as kind of like what they will have like to see. In that budget, I know I reached out to a couple of friends or they have talked to me about it. And some of them, they they like some of the proposals, but as many of us, we will rather see pharma care added into the budget or uh, and like, amplif- like making bigger uh, the healthcare system in Canada. So there's a couple, of course, nothing is perfect, but there's some good things uh, in that budget that that I think they're pretty nice. How about you, shang What is something that you learned this week?
0: Um, so two things I learned this week. It was an interesting week since I did have the you know past week off. I was on Wikipedia a lot, and two things I learned. The first one, obviously, Earth Day happened on April 22nd. Um, you know, we have we only have one Earth as far as we know right now, so we got to take care of it.
1: Happy birthday, Earth!
0: (laughs) So apparently, um, this was an event that was actually. Created in 1970, so that's when it, you know, they formally began recognizing it as like to support environmental protections. In the first year, I think they only did it in the U.S., but then it soon became like an international thing where more than like a billion people around the world. So like more than 193 countries celebrate Earth Day in you know different ways. For me this year, I just posted a photo on Instagram. because obviously we're still stuck inside, can't really go outside. But I think, you know, starting next year, like, you know, even doesn't have to be on Earth Day, just go out and do our parts, you know, um, whether it's to recycle more, reuse more, or, you know, use less power, use less water, you know, we all can do our part to help Mother Nature and Earth, right?
1: Exactly. There's so many ways that we can live more of a environmentally friendly and sustainable lifestyle.
0: Exactly. And the second thing I was looking into was, as you know, the another SpaceX Crew Dragon lift blasted into space, into the space station on Friday morning, I believe it was, on April 23rd. Okay. And so, like, you know, back in the day when you, you know, saw it on the news, space launch, it was a big deal. But nowadays, it's been happening so much. It's just like, oh, it's just another space launch, you know, like Elon Musk, as crazy as that man is, he's done such a wonderful job in like re- almost like, I know there's other like factors into it, but you know, with SpaceX and Elon Musk, the space, honestly, space travel has been blooming and not like, obviously not commercial right now, but just into like the ISS or like, you know, as earlier this year when Endeavor or no perseverance sorry, perseverance actually went to Mars. And I don't know if you saw, but they actually flew like a little um, helicopter on the surface of Mars and it was a really cool thing to see. So
1: oh, that's so cool. Like like it just like it becomes such a like you said, like it just has become a little bit more tangible to talk about space and everything that these big companies and these big Titans are investing into. That it's pretty interesting that actually the concept of going into space uh becomes closer and closer, not like to the reality of like the average person, I would say, but more to something that we can Uh, relate or that people can talk about and that we just keep on exploring even more because in the past it will be long periods of time before we heard something new that really can land to us in order to understand about space but now all of this it seems a little bit more from how I like get it it's a little bit more down to earth knowledge in a certain way uh, which makes it a lot more interesting to learn about it
0: exactly and like especially with like SpaceX you know it's like the ones that they like, you know, test and stuff, they test like landing them, landing in, you know, on like the ocean, you know, they'll have, they have those platforms. So mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy to see in the next like, you know, decade or so, see how much it advances. Cause I'm sure it's going to boom a lot, especially with, you know, whether it's SpaceX or Virgin or, um, or even like, you know, NASA themselves, I'm sure like so many people, like so many young kids are, you know, thriving or like striving, to work towards the NASRA and JPL. So uh, I think it's going to be really cool to see over the next 10, 20, 50 years.
1: Oh, yeah. It will be such a big thing, uh, which I'm really excited for. And we'll see where all of this gets us up to, Prashank.
0: Let me give you a number right now. So since January 1st, 2021, until now, so I think it's April 26th, there's been 31 orbital launches, and 30 of them were successes. So... 30 launches in what four months just under four months like that's absolutely mind-blowing it it's a testament to how much technology has has advanced in the last like you know well one was the you know Apollo 11 I think that was 1969 so just over what 40 40 some years 40 odd years 40 50 years so um, I'm excited for the next 40 50 years for sure
1: oh I, that's inc- like that's a lot especially like the success rate it's it's off the charts. So congrats to everyone putting a lot of effort into those things.
0: Yay, hey, Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andreas, what do you have for us this week?
1: So kind of like tying up a little bit to kind of like what I learned about this week with watch about economy and budget. Uh, so something that I started getting to think a little bit more about uh was money uh that is something you know that circulates and sometimes it takes uh dictates a lot of our life decisions that we take uh and everything like just from putting gas in your car to buying groceries to uh spending it in fabulous vacations a lot of uh, like our daily interactions or transactions do involve money so As you know, as a brown person, money might look different and we're raised with a different concept of money. So just wanted to bring it up and just explore a little bit what money means to us as well. Exploring a little bit of what it is like to be part of the brown community and what factor does money play into being being part of it.
0: Absolutely. And you know what, Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob always says, the money is always right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you cannot go. Uh, yeah. You know, anything that involves mostly math is pretty right. There's just very, you cannot really debate it. Uh, unless someone committed fraud, then you can debate that part of money. Overall, what, what do you feel? How do you feel about kind of like how money is seen nowadays in society?
0: Um, I think there's two parts to this question because there's the way that we see it ourselves and then the way that society sees it. So let's delve right into it.
1: Okay, let's do it, Brashek.
0: All right, so let's go society first. So society, obviously, you know, it's always about, I, of course, I'm going to be generalizing, but for the most part, you work now. You save up, you spend a little bit, but you're mostly saving towards your future. You know, you're always working towards that pension. You're always working to that retirement fund or, you know, always working towards something. But whereas for me, throughout most of my life, I have been the quite opposite. It's like, I understand you have to save for the future. And, you know, you have to always look out for when you're older, because then when you're old and can't work, you still need some sort of income. I understand all that. For me, it's always been, like, the future is so uncertain, right? Like, uh, like for me, I'd rather spend a lot more now than save up for later, which goes against pretty much every, like, you know, financial advice that most people give. It's, for the, most people, it's, like, you know, save for later. But for me, the way I see it, it's, like, yes, you should be saving, but you can't be, like, completely stingy about it where, you know, you're saving absolutely every penny, which, which is fine because I know a lot of people do that too. But personally, I think – I tend to spend a lot more than I save, which, I mean, I think I can. Right now, you know, being in the stage of my life where I can do that, and you know, I don't have a family to take care of, like my own family to take care of. I don't have any like big investments, like a house or like you know, like a brand new car or anything like that. So I think I can afford to spend a little money here and there. Yeah. And but for the most part, like I don't just go all out and buy like random things. Most of my money does go towards travel and. You know, it is an absurd amount like in the last four or five years. I'm sure if I, you know, calculated to a dot, it'd be well in the 20, 30,000 range easily because, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. That's honestly, I can say that that traveling is my passion. And like we've talked about traveling before. So like, you know, our listeners know how much travel means to us. So like, I don't think I have to justify that. And, you know, that's just what I like doing. And I'd rather do it now when I have the time and energy to do all that right now compared to later when i have a family or you know when i'm too old to do some of the things
1: oh yeah no absolutely and like i think when i like when you talk about traveling and spending money into it honestly it is also a way of investing money you know you're investing in yourselves either you decide to go traveling just to relax you're investing on your wellness that way if you pay like if you go to extravagant vacations uh you're just treating yourself to something and like you're spending your money wise, like in a good way. Or if you spend money in traveling because you want to explore the world, you are in a certain way investing in getting to know the world, getting to know their cultures and getting that general knowledge and general culture aspect. So I think spending money in traveling, it is a way of investing that, that not a lot of people see, but I do see it as an investment.
0: How about you, what do you think of all this money talk?
1: Money, I think like um, as like we've developed and like, you know, kind of like how money has played a little bit of a factor in everyone's lives and kind of like the concept of money, how it has evolved throughout history and all of that. I think money does play a big role uh, in our lives. You know, if you want a certain kind of living, you know how much you need to spend or how much you should be making. Uh, in order so, I do feel like as a society and even myself as a person, sometimes money does dictate a couple of the decisions that uh, that we have to make. But I am around, personally, around the same line as you are, Prishank Of course, I do say let you got to save because you never know when there's an emergency, when you might need some of that money to fall back on. But at the same time, it is just the idea that money, when you pass away, Money, what like you cannot take money to to like the grave. Like, what are they gonna do? Put all the cash in you know, like in your grave? That does it doesn't work that way. You cannot take it to the afterlife with you. I think as long as you're doing wise investments and you're spending it how you want to spend it, uh, it is good. At the end of the day, you know everybody does whatever they want with their money, but I do feel that as a society and kind of like how we are raised in the concept of money. We do need a little bit of more financial literacy. So especially with us, like more of a younger generation, understanding what personal finances are and understanding how money works, I think could even be more beneficial. And then we will have a better understanding of how to manage our money, because I think if there's something that they don't teach you in school, either in high school or university, unless you go to business. And it's kind of like really how to handle money, which is kind of like sometimes where people and even myself, I get lost. Like sometimes I just get lost into how much I'm spending compared to how much I'm saving or like, should I invest or should I just keep it on a savings account? It just becomes very confusing. So for me, money, it's a very complex concept that if someone can simplify it to me, it will make my life a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, for me, like one of the things that always gets to me is, you know, they always say save for the future. But when is the future, right? Like is the future now like that we're adults and in the working field? Or is it until we have a family or is it until we retire? You know, it's always working towards our future, throughout my life like money has never been an issue for myself just because and that's a testament to my parents because they've worked so hard to be be where they are now you know like obviously we didn't always come from that like in back in the pullouts say we're in the lower middle income um and then when we left you know we had to leave everything behind and then you know as being a student for my dad for most of his life we they have much but then to see where my parents are now it's amazing you know so like for me myself and my brother, we've always, you know, have enough money to, like, you know, buy food or, like, have a roof under our house. So, like, you know, in, in a sense, we are privileged enough. Like, I I don't know how people, like, people that are lower than me, like, you know, socially, socially and economically really feel. I can't really, I can sympathize for them, but I can't really empathize because I've never been there myself just because of my privileges. But at the same time, it's like, you know... Like when are what are we saving for it? So if we're always working towards the future, and you know, you see on the news where million millionaires and billionaires are always getting richer, and the poor are getting poorer, so that divide between the lower class and the upper class, it's like gets wider and wider every time you you know look at the news. And there's so many, especially nowadays, where there's so many ways to become rich. Like you know, like TikTok is one of the biggest examples where. You go viral and you you're making money like you know I don't know that inside and outs of TikTok but you can make money pretty well or even through YouTube you know once you get a certain like some people literally react to other people watching videos and make money off YouTube or Twitch you know so it's like there's lots of ways to make money lately I've been feeling that pressure a little bit more where it's like you know you need to save up more but it's like if I'm enjoying my life right now and I still have you know I have my emergency fund in the savings and I'm still saving a little bit here and there like. Why should I be allowed to spend now? You know.
1: Oh, I absolutely understand you, and I think uh, I can relate a little bit more to you with the fact of understanding my privilege when it comes to to kind of like the setting that I grew up with. Uh, for myself, I think I like I will consider my family to be middle class to high middle class back in Mexico. That's how I will categorize ourselves just based on the many opportunities my parents were able to afford for my siblings and I, and I am, like, because of that, like, I was able to study abroad and everything. Uh, I do have, in that sense, I acknowledge my privilege when it comes to my relationship with money and my understanding about it, but I also relate to the idea that, that you were mentioning is just, like, understanding where my parents were coming from, and I think that's something I don't know if you will agree with this, Rishan, but as brown people, doesn't matter from what type of kind of like side of the world, I hear it from my Indian friends. I hear it from my other Latin friends. A lot of it, we acknowledge where our parents are coming from, where our parents came from, especially when we start in a certain way, stepping up that socioeconomical ladder. We acknowledge where we're coming from. We know where, what our grandparents, where our ancestors did in order for us to keep on moving up uh, the ladder and but with that also comes that relationship that we have with money and a lot of it um for my and it's like you said the savings people especially within the latin community is just like you have to save uh what if it is And like you mentioned it and you said it perfectly what is the future right we don't know uh i think it better translates of like what are your goals financially and then starting to save up money for those financial goals that you may have it's a different way to address all of this but coming from a society and being raised in a fact that you always need to save uh saving is the best thing you can do with your money but then coming from uh from a fam like coming from like a background in which saving some of the time just means putting it into a savings account it doesn't really mean a lot when you like if you're saving in- rather in investment Uh, which is a little bit more of like an income source or things like that it was always the purpose of saving just for saving because you never know what's going to happen in the future and whenever you might need the money for it and it just like for me just sometimes created that sense of uncertainty and honestly being afraid of money and being afraid of getting to a point in which like you're earning certain amount of money and then just losing yourself because of all of that stigma and all of those myths that are ingrained in you as a kid uh, or even just as a teenager in order for like those uh, financial decisions that you're starting to make at those time points. Uh, at Like at the beginning when I started working, it was just that that relationship with money was scary and I was afraid of it because I didn't know what to do with it. But always in my bag will be like my parents talking to me of like, this is what you need to do with money. Or like my grandma talking like you should like save as much as you can, Uh, but never talking to like how to spend money properly and wisely, which is like a different approach that different societies take. And you can see a little bit more of a difference on like the culture that they go, and their relationship with money.
0: Yeah, exactly. The cultures, you know, everyone, I mean, everyone definitely wants to save, but everyone's working towards different goals. And obviously, for us, we're getting to, you know, not right now, but in a couple of years, we're going to look at, you know, buying houses and stuff. And like I was reading this today on Reddit that, you know, growth prices of like houses and since 2000, Canada has risen the most out of like, you know, United Kingdom, France, US, Spain, Germany, Italy, Canada has risen 168% since 2000 until 2020, Mm -hmm. which is insane compared to some of the other places around the world, right? Like UK and France are like 96, 95, but then America is only 55%. And it just shows like, you know money is important obviously you know we need to like you'd rather invest in a house than like live in an apartment your whole life you know like at least a house you like you technically don't own it but it's a banks but like you know you have your own space you can garden you can do whatever you want in an apartment you don't have that freedom you're really, really restricted mm-hmm. so like i think every age every age group has their own like you know goals when you're super young you're just trying to buy lunch you know try to go out To lunch with your friends and then as you get older you're trying to save up for university and then save up for all this and all that but at the same time it's like you know i want to spend it now like and i think that's where i run into issues the most because i see so many people you know obviously right now comparatively you know i compare myself to other people who have like much higher paying jobs and i think sometimes it's unfair because i'm like i wish i would have done that but it's like you know i i didn't want to do that because i don't like it you know like you can't just do work just for that money because you're going to get tired of it pretty, pretty fast. You know, in a sense, I think, like we said before, like we've always said, you, everyone has their own path and, you know, like don't let others get to you re- regarding money wise. Cause that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last couple of years is when you start comparing like salaries and like, you know, when you like, first of all, I don't think sharing salaries should be a taboo. I know you're not supposed to ask how much others earn, Like, obviously, I won't say it out loud on, like, podcasts. But, like, if someone asks me personally, I don't mind sharing that. And I know in, like, you know, today's world, that is, like, sort of taboo. Oh, yes. And so, for me, like, I have no issues with that. But, like, you know, like, but comparing yourself to others and, like, just focusing on that all the time is not, like, healthy for you. Because, you know, everyone has their own thing. Like, for example, these days, I watch lots of, like, you know, Twitch people and YouTubers that literally get paid to play games and or like even watch other people play games. So it's like, you know, it's always, um, my thought is always like, you know, I could easily do that. But even those people who have like made it up there have done something amazing. Like, you know, some of them are like pro gamers that have like grinded their whole life to just gaming. So me just trying to like, you know, get into that scene. Like obviously, you know, I have to realize that's not possible right now. Overall, I think money you, I think there's multiple ways to go about saving your money. You know, like, for the most part, a lot of people, you know, save a big chunk of their like weekly, bi-weekly, monthly paycheck. And then the rest into investing. I think it's really up to you on how you want to do do with it. A lot of people, you know, they just don't want to save for the future as, 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 you know, society dictates you have to save for the future. Some people just don't want to do that. They just want to, you know, live pay to, paycheck to paycheck, whether it's forced because of their economic situation or just because that's the lifestyle they've been living their whole life. Whereas for me, like, you know, I try to save a little bit. I try to invest a little bit. And you know, I, I spend the rest on whatever. Right now, obviously, with COVID, I haven't really spent most. Although my bank account, you know, begs to differ. <laughs> um, one thing though that I wish I had learned when I was younger was just the whole investing thing because I've been trying to learn it for the last like you know five six months, and I I just can't wrap my head like wrap my head around investing and like you know cryptocurrency and all that like i understand the main point you put money into something you, it's it's like gambling right you're gambling on different companies on doing good and in the long picture i think i understand it like for me i do have some minor like very very minor investments in some companies here and there but it's not like it's not life-changing or anything it's just more for me figuring out but i wish i did have that experience in even day trading you know like when game game stocks went up like you know so much i mean obviously that was more of like a meme stock at that point but you know like even if i had some knowledge into other stock day trading on that i think i'd be a lot better off because it's something that you could do as for fun right
1: oh absolutely and with that it is just it's just like that entire idea of like we're not taught how to do it right and or how to even approach it which is some of those things like another thing with money and we can go later is with taxes like really no one really teaches you how to do taxes you just go about life paying taxes and then you file but you don't really understand the concept behind them we know like at least in Canada we see like the tax money being invested and being utilized for welfare programs and infrastructure and all of that after that like besides that I like, I personally don't understand a lot of taxes and same with investing. Like, I know it is a good way to put your money, like, if you want to see it grow. But has anybody, like, has have I understood the concept of investing? Absolutely not. And but that's something that I was never taught. And just another point that when you were talking a little bit about taboos, I think another big taboo and at least the culture that I was raised in, it's a little bit more that taboo of debt you know, the taboo of like, oh, credit cards are dangerous, which now after a couple of years handling my own credit cards, if anything, I find them pretty beneficial if you know how to properly use them and how to, in a certain way, budget on how to use your credit cards properly. And then you actually get some pretty good benefits out of having uh, a credit card, as simply as like building your credit score, but the concept of a credit card in my place, it was such a dangerous thing to have. Ah, uh, it was just like you don't go, don't go there and get a credit card. Whereas now it's just like as long as you know how, like I learn, as long as I know how to handle it, and I'm not living above my expenses, I'm not living above my income. A credit card is good to have, and the other con, like the concept of that is like don't put yourself. Or don't put yourself in such huge debts. Or don't don't buy this because of the debt that you're gonna be putting yourself into, which is sometimes a little bit of what holds a lot of lot of us back in terms of like with investment because there's some risk associated with it. It's just like, oh, don't know if I want to go into that because I'm gonna be losing money, which is kind of like that taboo. Is like you should not lose money in a certain way, but when in, when it comes to investing, it's part it's part of the game. So I think culturally, there's been a lot of pieces here and there that I know people from different cultures, but a lot of us uh, POC people we kind of gravitate towards, and that's kind of like how the relationship with money has shaped us. But I think also another thing that you that we have in common, uh, and probably with our listeners, is a lot of that, of that has started to be going away, based also on like our generational, a uh, concept and our generational understanding of money and knowing that it's good to invest it is good to spend it it it's good to go on those trips that you want and to enjoy life because like you mentioned at the end of the day money is not going to follow you to the grave if anything if you don't sort out your money you're just going to live a complete mess when you pass away so yeah so I think part of it is just that generational piece that has really helped us kind of like we associate ourselves from those biases, from those myths, from those fears that were ingrained to us culturally, and I think that has been uh, pretty helpful. A lot, of course, there's a lot more work that needs to be done uh, in terms, usually, like and unfortunately, like I know when it comes to money, uh, unfortunately, we do have to, in a certain way, put uh, your ethnicity, your place of origin, and race as part of the conversation because it does really also dictate uh how how you handle your money what your understanding of money is uh and your privilege with money at the end of the day
0: exactly and i think you said it with the debt part like i was watching john oliver's segment you know last week tonight with john oliver and he talked about like bankruptcy and filing for like bankruptcy really well so if you have a chance check it out because he's talking about how you know bankruptcy does affect a lot of people but it's not like always a bad thing because you know sometimes people just need like a reset or as long as you continue not to like you know spend after you've hit that like you know almost rock bottom like as long as you learn from it i think it Should be like a learning opportunity, but like with the system, with the economic systems that are in place in like in like US or even other places, where it does more harm, you know, than help people learn from the bankruptcy and like debt.
1: Exacto. Oh, sorry, I went into Spanish mode there. (laughs) Exactly, definitely. It's just uh, at least in North America, we have to have a better and like I said at the beginning, we have to have a better financial literacy. Uh, We need to equip people with understanding that because money does play a big factor in our lives the more we know how to have a better relationship with it I think it's for the benefit of like our person but also for the benefit of everyone else everyone else surrounding us for the economy for the country you know so I think there's a lot of benefits to having the country's population understand money a lot more.
0: Yeah. Um, So I have two questions for you on the whole, you know, money and income thing. One's related to what you said earlier about, you know, raising the minimum wage to $15. Are you in favor of that or are you against that? Or what's your opinion on that? I know this might turn political, but hey, why not?
1: Well, hey, we talk about everything and anything. So I am in favor of that, uh, especially like understanding that the cost of living, at least in Canada, in different provinces looks very different, but I do agree that the minimum wage needs to be raised, uh, especially like the way I see it is like, if you are from a family or you're a parent or the one that provides the income to your family and you're working hard, you're working full weeks, right? Like you're working at least 40 hour weeks and you have to provide a certain level of income to your family in order to sustain them. I do believe that you need to have uh, because of like the hard work that you're putting into, you do need to have and make the means in order to give them a certain level of life. It is not, uh, in a certain way, I find it really pretty contradictory that someone that works uh, one, two jobs on our or more in our current minimum wage is still either close to the poverty line or below the poverty line, which is in a certain way contra like it's contradictory. It doesn't make sense in my mind because it's just like this person is working they're busting uh and hustling every single day working more than 40 hours a week and still they're not able to afford uh average not even like a luxurious or over the like the boundary line or whatever not even like the minimum to live which that's why i am okay with like the federal minimum wage increasing but also, I do feel that then, based on that, provinces do need to realize their cost of living. Mm-hmm. And then seeing, like, is a federal minimum wage enough? Or based on the city that you're living on, or based on the province that you're living in, uh, d- determining at the provincial level if it is okay for your population to be at that uh, minimum wage line, or it doesn't need to be increased based on the cost of living in the country. Like, in the specific area how about you Brashek? how do you feel about it
0: yeah i definitely agree with raising the minimum wage um i mean let's i mean this goes hand with the other topic that i was going to bring up is uh universal basic income right where you know everyone gets a set allowance or set salary no matter like if you're unemployed or whatever and i think i'm in favor of both of them you know in different stages obviously but like let's go back to the basic human principle there are three things we all need to survive: food, shelter, and um, water. Right, mm-hmm. and so many people cannot afford just basic food, or you know, even shelter, because we've seen so many homeless people. You know, you don't need to go far, like whether it's Regina, Saskatoon, or like bigger city centers like Vancouver or LA. Homeless people are everywhere, and it does suck because some of them are just born into that situation where they—it's like they can't get away from it. And I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm big in favor of having some sort of either universal basic income, or raising the minimum wage. Obviously, if they don't have a job, the minimum raising the minimum job won't help. But those are like, I they don't go exactly hand in hand, because obviously, you need a job to have minimum wage. Yeah. But at the same time, the people who do have jobs who are working, you know, I think in Canada, we're for the most part, you know, we have wages of 11, 12 upwards per hour, dollars per hour. But some places in the U.S., they have, you know, salaries of seven dollars an hour or even if, if you go, you know, tie it to our roots, whether it's Mexico or Nepal, people are living off, you know, $1 a day for the most part, which is like, you know, back from like approximately 100 rupees a day. So which is really sad to think as because most majority of the world lives under the poverty line, I think, right? Like, I don't know the exact um, stats to it, but I think like the international poverty line is currently set or in October 2020, it was set at $1.90, which is like, that's absurd to me. Like people should not be living for that, you know, that low a day and that's sad to know because like like we said earlier we are privileged that we're way beyond that but that just shows how poor majority of people are you know
1: oh yeah and it's just that divide uh which uh like part of me does understand where the divide comes from how it originated and everything but when you put it into perspective even like if you're living in like a developed country or like on a country that it's developing Living on that, like that poverty line, it's set so low that you're barely meeting the minimum standards of living. And for someone that is working hard, I do believe they should never be close to be below that poverty line or, or like just a little bit above the poverty line if you're putting the work (laughs) into it. And I do agree. Like it comes back to, like you said, the principle of. Yeah, of course, minimum wage will not affect or will not have an impact for those not working. But then it is just, I do think it's just taking a close analysis and being like, how can we how can we help? How can we support uh the like the our overall population? And it's not saying, and I think this is also a big misunderstanding, it's not like when it comes to universal programs, it is not handing things to people. Uh, and I think that's a big misconception that certain people have. Is in a certain way, when you look at the overall picture, so those programs are actually alleviating some of the other issues in uh, that can come up in society, right? So, with like with the universal uh, allowance, like allowance type, like thing, that one, if someone is able to live like and be able to have some sort of food and some sort of shelter, they're able to put get their feet back up. They're able to actually start going out, uh, stand up for themselves and then slowly reintegrate themselves into society where then now they can actually look out for a job. And once they have a job, they don't longer, like in a certain way, don't have to be uh, living off that universal allowance because now they're able to support themselves. So it's sometimes people sometimes confuse both things when it comes to like the short term gains of it. But I think when it comes to programs like this or. Uh, initiatives like this, people need to think a lot more on the long term and how this might actually benefit the economy in the long run. Uh, because when we talk about economics, one thing it's thinking about kind of like in the bigger sense, what is better for the country also in the long run. Because if we have less people off the streets, that, mean that, that means that more employment can be created, which at the same time that means less people over the poverty line and then incomes goes up and then the economy actually gets better that way.
0: I mean, that's exactly it. If you're like, you know, even with like CERB with COVID and stuff, when people were given money, they're going to spend the money. They're not just going to hold on to it and keep it forever. Oh, no. you know? And especially people that don't have the money, they're going to use it. Like, I, like, you know, there's so many people that say, oh, they're being lazy by collecting all this. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Like, people in need, they're going to use it on things they need, such as food, water, and shelter. They're not gonna go out and like throw parties all the time, right? So I think, like you said, if you help those in need, it's gonna help everyone else in the bigger picture in the long run, right? I was curious. I just I want to see in the world how many people live in the poverty line, and it's with recent estimates. I think the from the World Bank, it was nine point two percent of the world, or six hundred eighty nine million people that live in extreme poverty. So like less than two dollars a day.
1: That is just. It is just. I don't know. It's just like we're so selfish as a hum as human beings that those numbers are the ones that really come close to heart because we've experienced it and we know what that extreme poverty looks like in our country.
0: Oh, exactly. So, like, and then I did some more digging and I dug deeper, and I so I want because I wanted to, you know, bring it back home. So, in Canada alone, five percent of Canadians were living in deep like income poverty in 2019 which is quite a lot right like i think our populations are around like 35 million right now so five percent of that is what uh like one some 1.75 million people like you know less than two million people or that's that's a big like in the country like small as ours, like population wise that's a lot a lot of people and then i wanted to take it one step further so then i looked at the nepal one for nepal before the pandemic roughly a third of the population was living close to the poverty line and you know when you go back home you definitely see that because there's so many people living in such poor conditions and like you know obviously we can't do anything about it ourselves but in the bigger picture i think you know there's so many ways to help people it's just like for me i know this is going to sound like even more political than anything but i like i really you know people would love jeff bezos or like elon musk if they just you know took a little bit of their money to help homeless people like i know that's a pipe dream like it'll never happen but like imagine <laughs> how much publicity like all these rich millionaires and billionaires would get if they just took a fraction of their you know wealth and i know if this is going to sound bad to like all the conservatives but if they just handed out the money you know to all those in need like i think it would go a long way like they could become president's in the US if they, you know, just gave away money because people would have so much like high opinion of them, you know?
1: Oh yeah. But once again, it's just like we're such complex beings that like and that's the thing, and that's kinda like for me, kinda like when I wanted to talk about about money in the podcast, it's just uh, as like hum because at the end of the day, money is a concept that we as human like as humans made up. Like no other animal in this world lives on the concept of money. That is something we created, but to which extremes now actually money, in a certain way, uh, does hold. Like depending on our beliefs, depending on our morals, depending on the ways that we, the way that we were raised, uh, depending on how much income you go, or like depending on like how you're stepping up the social economical ladder, how money is able. And I think you drove that message with like knowing like how rich people sometimes do not invest in others or how they utilize their money is like how money can actually shape us and just to bring awareness and to put that in the spotlight is just like how how are we doing about money and what factor and what role should it play in our lives
0: yeah like that's the thing that's one of the things that I can we can both appreciate you know coming from those countries where Obviously, you know, we've seen the poorest of the poors versus coming to a first world country such as, you know, US, Canada, where you see the riches of the rich. And for me, one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my trip to Los Angeles, uh, you know, three, four years ago was, you know, you're walking down like where the Hollywood stars are and you see all these, you know, like, not like I didn't personally see famous people, but you see, you know, all these like cool signs with like Hollywood stars. And then, you know, you go to Beverly Hills and see... The really cool houses and rich houses and, you know, all that stuff. And then you walk down a couple of streets and you see people living in tents, right? The dichotomy of that rich versus poor was so prevalent in LA, like it blew me away. I've never seen it that intense. And like we said, like, you know, this whole episode, money does, it does make the world go round and... Like, you know, it's a thing that we made up, you know, thousands of years ago when we learned, you know, it's a valuable thing, you know, whether it's bartering back in the day or now you straight up, you know, buying Dogecoin, right? It's
1: <laughs> yes.
0: It, it's it it does make the money. I mean, it does make the world go around and we all have to find a way to get it somehow.
1: Exactly. And you know what? Um, nowadays there's like you said, there's so many ways to go about it. So Find that thing that you really enjoy. I think that's the best way to get some sort of income. But all right, Risheng, let's start wrapping it up as we're building up on time over here.
0: All right, so this week I'm looking forward, and I, I guess just getting back to work and getting into the groove of things. I did start writing my so To get my professional engineering license, I have to do a couple of... Online assessments, like you know, questions that I have to answer. So I'm gonna be doing that over the next couple of weeks, because then I can write my ethics exam, probably in a month or two down the line.
1: Oh, that's incredible, man!
0: And then, as we talked, as I talked last week, the Derek Chauvin uh, trial ended, and he was found guilty on all the charges, which is actually quite historical, because I think he's like there have only been a handful of police officers that have been, you know, found guilty of the charges that have been they've been present against or charged against i guess so seeing him in that courtroom being guilty you know he you know he was he looked surprised like when the jurors read guilty and the you know judge said guilty it was you know it was a shock to him because he probably thought he was going to get away with it like most of the police officers before him but he didn't so um we'll see how you know going forward crimes done by the police and police departments all around you know not just us but even canada we've seen a couple happen here and there we'll see how you know that changes going forward do i have high hopes probably not because even since the trial there's been like four or five you know crimes done by the police and i don't know what's gonna happen but we can Mm -hmm. all have hope right
1: exactly
0: what are you looking forward to this week andreas
1: what I'm really looking forward to this week is just getting a little bit of back on that groove at work. Really, uh, really tackling tasks and projects. That's usually where I find a lot more of my footing. Uh, the end of the academic year is here, so you know, starting to plan a little bit more about the summer. Even though this summer will still look a little bit different, I'm still looking forward to what it may uh, look like. And other than that, I'm honestly besides really getting more into that task-driven mode for work, I'm also looking forward to start a little bit more of a different training because now we've done maxing out. uh, We've done that part of the training. We've done that, uh, all of those things that I've mentioned before. So now getting a little bit more into uh, just seeing what my personal trainer comes up for, uh, for us to do for the next couple of months, but I am excited to see what comes over in the fitness journey.
0: You set some PRs this past week, too, didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, honestly, I've been, in a certain way, been pretty thrilled and pretty excited of, like, honestly, the amount of work that I've put in. It's reflected in a certain way. And I'm very happy with, with the weights that I've been able to lift uh so in the like in this past couple of weeks so i'm excited to kind of like see where now i can push my limits in a certain way in like a safe way but where where i can take my body next
0: yeah that's we're so happy to hear that and we'll continue following your fitness jersey andreas
1: sounds awesome well everyone that was this week's episode of the two average brown Bros podcast uh this week we got a little bit more into a different topic i know it's a little bit of a longer episode but i think it deserves the time and for us to it's like just talk to you about how we feel about it and what we think but thank you again once for listening uh you can reach us at our instagram and our twitter Uh, for any uh, comments, feedback, concerns, questions, suggestions, anything that you have for us.
0: Exactly. So reach out to us, talk to us about money and how you, you know, it's reflected on your life, how you see it. And if there's anything else you want to bring up with us, let us know and we'll catch you on the next episode.
1: All right. Talk to you next Monday. Bye.
0: See ya.